Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Simon here again and welcome to another episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today I'm joined by a guest uh, who has given me three versions of how to pronounce his name but for the purpose of this podcast uh, we'll uh, refer to you as uh, Casa if that's okay. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit uh, about you? Give us a little bit of your story and just give us a little bit of an insight into you. Sure. Well, first of all, uh, thank you very much indeed for having me. Uh, well, the story goes um, way back. I mean, it's um, 1997, 1998 sort of time when I uh, moved from Pakistan to Europe, first went to Netherlands and then the UK. Did all sort of jobs, started um, as a cleaner uh, in uh, one of the restaurants, namely McDonald's. And uh, from there on, I did some uh, initial sort of training courses, been working at food factories or sort of been working on daily wages with the uh, loading vehicles, this and the other. And then I stumbled upon on training job and from there everything changed. Um, I did some basic sort of uh, trainings and then from there I developed interest for law. I ended up doing my LLB with first class honors um, and somehow won the scholarship that I wasn't aware (laughs) of and that sort of uh, paved my way for the MSc, which I did. And started my consulting business and then all of a sudden started to uh, get offers from here and there. And at the the moment, I'm um, very humbled to say that uh, I do have uh, my clients and my students uh, in 84 different countries at the moment. And I do get hired by the joint ventures um, uh, carried out by the European Union and British government, even though the Brexit has happened, but still some ventures are going on. So I help people with uh, startup uh, that's uh, coaching and training as to how to start the business. Uh, have uh, helped uh, some of the, the personnel of uh, British uh, Army, NHS. Um, also globally, I do have some clients um, that are sort of all of these statutory institutes, for example, State Bank of Pakistan or FIRS of Nigeria. FIRS is the equivalent of HMRC of the UK. So this is the tax okay. coaching department of, uh, mm. of Nigeria. So uh, basically bumpy ride, mm. but um, yeah. pretty humble and happy to, wow. to be where I am. Yeah. And the, the business that I know you uh, put into the booking is the Skills Enhancement Academy. So it's not just about delivering training, it's about enhancing people and you know, helping people to be better versions of themselves through training. Is, would that be sort of my interpretation is correct of, of the business name? Absolutely. It's a lot of uh, thought and philosophy had gone into that name. Yeah. I mean, when we started offering uh, services to people, the, the one thing that I absolutely detest hmm. um, it's sort of, and I, I, you know, don't want to offend anyone, but I mean the uh, beautifully worded motivational speeches that yeah. are only focus on words and no substance. So our question was that now that we are going to offer services to people, and a lot of that is about actual uh, development of human experience. So what sort of name should we go with? So we recognize that every person is born with certain skills. So it's not our job just to stand up there and tell people that, look, you need to develop skills. No, we are yeah. going to tell them that you do have skills. 
let us enhance them. And that's what Absolutely. we've been doing ever since. And um, we're pretty glad with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of my backgrounds uh, in construction has been to deliver training, particularly in health and safety uh, and assessments of qualifications. And you're absolutely right. There is no enhancement at all. You know, you have the criteria that people have yeah. to meet yeah. and you have to get them to that criteria. And to be honest, you know, the easiest way of doing that is you know, to give people the answers to the questions in the content so that they can yeah. pass the exam at the end. And I'm not saying just give them the answers, but give them a give them that in a format but that doesn't help enhance their skills at all does it it just gives them what they need to pass the exam at the end um so yeah i can see that you're absolutely right on that and particularly health and safety and that's uh, interestingly enough one of my initial trainings that i that i started doing for a food company they were actually for health and safety and food safety yeah. and think of for example manual handling that that's a very much physical exercise yeah. there is no way by which you can uh advise someone as to how to answer this question when you get that in, in, in your test paper, for example, that how far apart your feet should be and how to yes. bend your knees and not back. But it, it's not about doing it on the paper. You practically have to go and just make sure that they, you show them and they do it and they do it safely because it's not just passing their test. Actually, their well-being depends on this. And for that matter, their family's livelihood Completely depends on agree. this. They might be the sole owner. So you're absolutely right on this regard. It, it, it's much more deeper than just simply just providing the answers. There you yeah. go. You've got a piece of paper and move yeah. on. Yeah, fantastic. So let's, let's get talking about the what we drink uh, in our business day. And you know, I asked you this question just before we started. And you mentioned that you perhaps once a month uh, have a coffee or a cappuccino or something like that. Tell us a little bit about what occurs once a month that means that you actually have a coffee. And I know the rest of the time you said you drink tea and other drinks, yeah. but just tell us about that, that moment once a month when perhaps you have a coffee. Well, first of all, I, uh, I, I only drink coffee at work. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I can make coffee at home, but you know, you get all the all you know that feeling that you've made it yourself. It can't be good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. So uh, I don't try it at home. So uh, now with the pandemic and everything else, on average, I go to office probably once a month. And going there, uh, among things that I I have to do, among those, uh, having a couple of cups of coffee is is actually the, the thing that I look forward to. Um, cappuccino latte those sort of things I'm, I'm really into but like I said that it, it has become an event that I actually celebrate I always enjoyed it but now I actually celebrate yeah. it yeah and, and that's intriguing that you know what you said there about coffee and you know drinking it once a month because you go to the office once a month for me I don't know about the listeners here but things have actually changed in the opposite direction so in normally when I'm going to clients, I will have coffees um, in, in their workplaces. And very often it's instant coffee or it's coffee that doesn't really have much fault to it. But I've become more interested in coffee since drinking it at home and working from home. So my working from home, you know, I, I call this podcast, you know, the business success and coffee. So actually my, my uh, coffee drinking at work has turn the opposite way around because of the pandemic i'm more into coffee and more drinking coffee um by not being in the office and not being out with clients than i was before because it is at home so yeah interesting you, you know uh, sociologically we we say that the uh, i mean the academics hold that the after the pandemic all the humans they will come out with their own uh, mm -hmm. device experiences and aren't 
you and I aren't we just the finest example of this? I mean, yeah, you you, you you have connected the coffee to unprecedented levels, whereas I'm reduced to just once a month, and that is on yeah. average. So yeah. <laughs> here we are. And I think that's the thing, isn't it, that distinguishes us. And you know, you were talking about the skills and how different people have different skill sets. Very often, those skills also come from the journey that we've been on. So my my coffee making skills have actually come to the to the to the front because of that. And you know, I've yeah, studied yeah. things, I've learned things, but you know, I think the journey. I don't know about how you find this with your students and the clients you work with. The the journey very often affects the way that we develop and the way our skills develop. Any thoughts on on that that might sort of enlighten the listeners a little bit more? Well, look, my life experience is that we all are products of our life experiences. I mean, mm. whatever we experience, we eventually become that, be it making a cup of coffee or be it something else. I mean, just to give you um, a little sort of, if I can sort of connect the coffee with, mm. with your question. Please. You know, uh, I, I love latte, but there was a time when I just could not stand latte. And it, it was almost a spiritual experience for me because uh, there is a, a, a poet in, in Pakistan, right? His, his, his poetry is very, sort of a very lighter note, but he touches yeah. the darkest and deepest issues of the society. Name is Anwar Masood. Um, now, in Asia, Pakistan and India, poets, writers, and mangoes. There's a long tradition. They love mangoes. I don't know why, but I mean, okay. any sort of it's always mango. And he shared his story. He said that uh, when I look at some of the prolific poets, such as Ghalib or Iqbal, uh, huge names and they were always sort of a mango lover people why don't I like mangoes I just don't know and then he said that one day when I ate proper mango I realized that because of my financial circumstances I'd been so poor that I could never actually afford a proper mango and whatever I used to eat I, I used to think that that actually what mango is but now that I'm first time in my life I'm having a proper mango I realized that this is something completely different yeah. and in my case almost same thing happened I remember I used to work in uh, West London I used to manage a training center there for a company and everybody was talking about latte 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 and I said, okay well, yeah. latte that's that's great let's let's have it hmm. and across the road there was McDonald's so I used to go there get latte and I used to think is this the thing really people are sort of so excited about <laughs> I'm not sure. sure it's only when I went to the university and we had a huge conference where we had the lectures from Cambridge and some of the lectures they they flown in from New Zealand and it was about um, a debate on big data and they were serving latte there as well. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, here we go, latte again. Simon, I had that one sip and it was <laughs> almost like a spiritual awakening. First time in my life, I realized that what latte actually is and what I used to think what latte was, the McDonald's one. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. the, so that experience then, it propelled me to actually go and buy um, uh, little utensils uh, online um, be it whipping or be it something of a stir or something, yeah. uh, th those things. And I used to, to you know, make those lattes. And then I learned the latte art as well, mostly of, of YouTube and tried all those things. And if yeah. that one sip hadn't happened in my life, my skill of latte making would have been yeah. still you know, next to nothing. Yeah. And if I'd have mentioned latte, you probably would have turned up your nose and, oh, no, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. true. <laughs> Very yeah. true. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Um, yeah, the, the impact that that probably has on our appetite for learning and personal development, isn't it? You know, I've been very fortunate. You know, when I left school, uh, I decided that was it. I was done. At 16, 
nearly 17. Uh, I'd not had a particularly good experience of education. I'd done okay in education, but that was me done. You know, I didn't, never wanted to study again. I didn't want to go to university. Everybody thought I should. And I tried to become a tradesman. I, I tried to become a bricklayer. I didn't like it. It was cold. It was wet. And mm. it was really rough on your hands. So I take my hands off to all the bricklayers that might be listening to this. It's a really hard trade. Uh, and I can still lay a brick every now and then. But I then went back to college and I experienced a different type of learning at college. And if I hadn't have gone to college, I probably never would have carried on with lifelong learning. I'm still doing courses now. I'm, I read more books. I listen to books. And it's probably like you said there, that college was my latte moment uh, <laughs> sure. because I suddenly thought I'm being treated with respect. I'm getting educational content that yeah. I can see the relevance of. Yeah. And, you know, to, to coin your um, you know, enhancement, this is something that actually I'm quite good at, that it's making me better at. And I've never stopped learning since. So I think we all need that, that latte moment, don't we, that uh, shows us that experience is completely different to what our expectations perhaps have been through bad experience or recent experience. I, I absolutely agree with it. Look, what I have learned in, in my life is that the knowledge always exists in an abstract form. Us, the human beings, we become conduit of that knowledge. So we conceptualize it, we add value to it, and then we pass it on. That's why I call it the conduits of knowledge. Yeah. For, for example, we didn't invent the fact that two plus two is four. It was always two <laughs> plus two is four. It was always there. Yeah. We just sort of we, we acquired that knowledge. Yeah. And then we philosophize it. Then we uh, conceptualize it. And then we, you know, we started making use of it. It's same thing, be it two plus two is, is four, or be it making latte, you're building something else in the life. I mean, those, those things are always there. And one thing that, that I quite often mention in my class is that, look, um, as um, it, it goes by, by the name of Peter's principles, that, that the four levels of knowing or not knowing things, for example, we know what we know, or we know what we don't know, we don't know what we know, or we don't know what we don't know. Um, so there are four sort of different brackets in which yeah. we, we, we um, remain throughout our life with different aspects of life, of course. Now, I know what I know. So basically, I, I know that there is a car and I also know how to drive it. And I yeah. know what I don't know is to say that I know there is helicopter and I also know that I don't know how to fly it. So I know the limitation of my knowledge. Then we yeah. have the passive knowledge, which is something that we accumulate over the years uh, and we just don't know it exists. It's only one day when people exclaim that oh i didn't know i could do it yeah you you didn't know it because you never tried it but you have been accumulating yeah and the sure. biggest one is i don't know what i don't know is such such you know it, it makes us human beings such path pathetic creature that in the grand scheme <laughs> of of universe we don't even know what we don't know and if you look at the historical development and apply these four brackets there and this is what we come up with now we have got uh, Wi-Fi, we've got rockets, we're exploring space, and now we, you and I, we are at two different places and still yeah. communicating with one another through technology. And interestingly, we didn't have to bring a single piece of technology to achieve all this from Mars or Moon or any other planet for that matter. It was yeah. always here, but we just didn't know what we didn't know. And nobody had the coffee moment, but 
Slowly, hmm. slowly, people started to have the latte moment and then development started. That, that abstract knowledge that was always there or the knowledge which was there in the abstract form, I should say. People started to conceptualize it and make the, the, the technology, yeah, which is the exterior like of the science. And, and, and here we are. And it just, it just goes on and on and on. Right now, uh, I think we both can agree that if we get 10 uh, top latte makers of the world and ask them to hmm. make their best lattes, it's not going to be the same. Latte yeah. is just a metaphor um, for, for a larger life and things that we achieve. Yeah. Same thing that we achieve, but yeah. we, we do it in our own way. Yeah. And I'm so glad we've actually brought so much coffee and coffee talk into <laughs> that as well. So uh, <laughs> listeners, I think that that is absolutely uh, a golden nugget there. Yeah, amazing that you shared that there. In, in your own uh, business, what is it that you have seen as something significant or something substantial that you've actually worked on in your own business, you know, that the listeners might be able to connect with? Uh, sure. Uh, one of my clients uh, in the letting and estate um, uh, sector, uh, not the, the, the my, my biggest client uh, yeah. as a business consultant, but um, and that probably is why that I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning because the things I've been able to do there is, is because it was not the biggest client. Typically yeah. speaking, bigger the clients get, that's what say you have. So exactly. <laughs> you can only do so much. Yeah. Um, so they they had um, sort of a stalemate. I mean, they, their business was stuck at um, around 265 to 270 properties in their portfolio. And that was that. So yeah. they hired me to find out what the problem was and why, are, why aren't we moving forward? Um, so, you know, obviously, as a consultant, you don't go there and start giving good advice. You just need to go there and for you know have a feel of the place, listen to the conversations, sure. look at the body language, look at the the way in which they operate. And as I was gathering that data in the first week, I realized that the owner of the company was actually one person who was dictating every single thing. So there were there were staff there, but they were not allowed to have their say. They were not allowed to make any suggestion, the owner will tell them to do this and they will do it. And they were very strict on, on standards, right? You don't do things your way, here is a standard. Yeah. Which obviously was the misunderstood concept, standard doesn't work like this. Um, so I, I went up to a gentleman, my client, and I asked him, how would you like if I take your pictures or make your photocopies and put them on each chair in your office? And I said, well, what does that mean? I said, well, this is exactly what is happening here. People don't have the autonomy of doing things their way. When you get it right, everybody gets it right. But when you get it wrong, guess what? Everybody else gets it wrong because they, yeah. that has been cascaded to the last person in the office. And there, is no, there, there isn't any sort of attraction in the place. And then we came up with a different compensation plan, plan which I uh, explained. We applied the Pareto principle, which is 80-20. And um, yeah. uh, in, in about three and a half months, their properties, uh, when I joined, they had 269 in about three and a half months, uh, they went up to 330 properties. Wow. Uh, and everybody was so happy in the workplace because everybody was earning more money and there was a buzz, genuinely. Yeah. There was a will and desire to just wake up and just go to the office. That was something which was not happening uh, for years and years because the guys were being paid to do the customer services job and they were expected to do the sales and they were expected to do all the paperwork and the compliance yeah. and the regulation, everything else. 
exactly as the owner will tell them. So yeah. that is one of the one of the moments. And from there, I also devised a, a training model as well. Uh, sorry, apologies. Um, sort of a workflow model, yeah. uh, which I call uh, Team, uh, which is all now copyrighted and then yeah. uh, it's, it's about to be published as well. Um, that is something which was amazing for me to learn as well. And uh, that client, even though he's an ex-client now, but we're still on very very good terms. Yeah. So what kind of difference does doing something like that for a client make to you you know um what kind of impact is that we can see we can hear the impact it's had on them yeah but what kind of impact has that had on you and your business sure i uh, i'm a great believer of um completing the painting of your life through the experiences. So each and every experience you have in life, that's a little piece that forms part of the overall painting of your life. Mm. Um, and if you don't learn anything from your clients, it's uh, it's, it's basically it's a waste of your time. I mean, uh, we when I was doing my LLB, we had um, an amazing lecturer, um, Dr. Jonathan Black Branch. I mean, he wasn't a lecturer; he was actually the head of department, but he would come for the lectures every now and then. Yeah. And he said something which is, which is amazing. He said that my teacher, so uh, his teacher, yeah. uh, would say that I have learned more from my students than I did from my teachers. And then he said that that didn't mm. make any sense to me until I became teacher myself. Now, yeah. he is telling that to us. And we were listening and I was thinking, sir, I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> this yes. is something that doesn't make any sense to me. But when I became a teacher and I taught at the University of Bedfordshire later, it actually came to me that you know, this is exactly what they were saying. Yeah. Because as a, as, a, as, a, as a student, you get to see and learn from what your teachers are saying. And that, that's basically this sort of yeah. inward journey. But when your students ask you questions, they pose a challenge and you have to answer them. And in order to answer those, you will have to dig deeper and get more knowledge. And the, the window of learning never gets shut. And that is how you learn more from your learners. And that's exactly the same thing as a consultant. Every time when you go to a new client, they've got new challenges there that you like to solve and you dig deeper, you keep the window of self-development open. And that is how... Uh, the, the, I look at my job, one of the best things that, that has happened to me as a, as a consultant, as a trainer, as a life coach, that it has given me such a perspective about myself. I mean, as a life coach, sometimes a client is sitting in front of me and, and, and sharing a challenge with me. And I'm giving, obviously, as a life coach, you don't give um, suggestions. You, it's all about questioning. But yeah. You know, when I'm asking questions for the clarification, at times it just feels like that I'm talking to my own self because that exactly is what my yeah. problem is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so th these these are so sort of the the true uh, benefits of being a consultant yeah. or a coach or a yeah. trainer that you always learn from your clients. Yeah. And that's that's so relevant to a conversation I had with a coach uh, just early on today. He's he's in my group program and he's fairly new to coaching, and he said. Uh, he doesn't feel confident because he hasn't got the tools. You know, can you give me more tools to work with people with? Uh, I need to know this. I need, and you're you're so right there because you know it is the journey that we're on. That you know, Absolutely. just by digging deeper, that you said there, 
You know, I mentioned to him, if, if a client ever comes up with a problem that I can't answer, then I will go and I'll research it. I'll read a book and I will, as you say, dig deeper yeah. to be able to go back and help them. So I become better through that process. And interestingly enough, um, Casavina, one of the things that I, I do is that if somebody just tells me stuff, I take so much of it in. You mentioned Pareto. I probably do take about 20 percent in. But the best way I can learn the other 80% is yeah. to actually teach it to somebody else because by having to go out and learn it in a way that I can teach it yeah. embeds it so much in me yeah. that it, 100% of it sinks in and more because I have to go out and research more. And, and as you say, you get more because you get the students' questions back. And you think, okay, yeah, that's an interesting question. I need to, yeah. to go away. So I, I love the way you explain that. Look, absolutely. When you say that when you teach it, it sort of ingrains more. Uh, as the saying is that when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. First, yes. when you were actually learning and second time when you were actually delivering it. And, and also there is another perspective I'd like to share uh, with yourself and the, and, and the listeners. You know, we um, in, in our public parks, we've got sort of little lakes and we've got little sort of fountains and there are water fountains there. Uh, and they, of course, add to, to the beauty of the, the actual scene. That is yeah. absolutely one thing. But there is also a sort of a hidden uh, purpose that not many people are aware of. Uh, you know, artificial lakes, uh, the, the water actually gets um, pretty smelly. I mean, the lake becomes a swamp, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's not a natural, it's not yeah. that the water is slowly going away and new water is coming in. That fountain is what keeps it fresh. Because when the water sort of sprinkles in the air, it absorbs more oxygen. And as it goes down in the actual lake, it's, it spreads that oxygen and it keeps it fresh. Mm. To me, that is exactly the same as being a consultant or a teacher. Because yeah. every time when you ask a question, you have been given an opportunity to interact with the new oxygen of knowledge. And then it goes back into your overall pool of knowledge and keeps everything fresh and current and relevant. And you know, but every time we look at a fountain and say, aren't we doing the same thing? We just don't know that we are doing yeah. it, but actually that's exactly what we do. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and you know, ponds and fountains are, are definitely my thing. You know, I, I've kept fish for a long, long while. Wow. I've never seen fountains in that way of the way that it brings the oxygen back in like learning does, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, incredible. I'm, I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. And I think, listeners, you need to do the same as well. Um, so it's great to know that it's had an impact for you uh, as well as, as your clients. Uh, sounds like you've got lots of things to share. And before I go on to the next question, which is you know some lesson or tip that you can give the listeners, in addition to what you've already just shared with us, and we're all going to go out and look at fountains in a completely different light now uh, and look at the way we oh, teach yeah. things as well. But how can people connect to you? You mentioned, you know, a publication. How can people find out about you, connect with you and reach out and, and digest more of the content that you've got? Oh, yeah, sure. I've uh, got my personal, personal email, um, which is um, Kaiser Ahmed Rajas, basically my first name and my last name at gmail.com. I'm, I'm always available on that. And I okay. trust this more than my professional one because the server can go down or some other thing can, can happen, so on and so forth. Yep. Uh, Gmail, I would trust more. Uh, that's one way of it. Also, uh, on Facebook, uh, I've got uh, our page, SEA, uh, which is Skills Enhancement Academy, the short of it. Um, okay. By all means, you can connect. Um, uh, would be through those uh, the platforms as well 
yeah great and of course you know, we'll we'll make sure those links are in the show notes so if you didn't quite catch those then please check out the show notes so personal email and sea on facebook that's it yeah perfect great so going back to the um the the question then on sharing a, a listener tip or lesson uh, what is it you'd like to share that the listeners can not just learn but do something with today well what what can you impart to them one thing that i um sort of during my uh, the, the the startup um coachings uh, for the, the projects i was mentioning earlier for yeah. the eu and the, the, the british government um don't confuse the summit with the mountain they, they are two different things people tend to look at the summit and they they miss the mountain for example okay. when they look at someone's life um, they have built because of their uh, the, the success of their business so they've got nice family they've got nice house they've got nice car um, and they've got a sort of a very skewed lifestyle that is someone's mountain as a newcomer yeah. you look at that sorry that, that is someone's summit I should say now as as a newcomer uh, you look at that summit and don't think that this is just easy and you're going to get it just like that because to be able to get to that summit, they had to climb the mountain. Yeah. Don't look at their summit. Only look at for the inspiration, nothing else. You still have your mountain of ascent. And the reason I emphasize so much on this is that people, they, they think that this is, you know, the, 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 the things uh, as they happen in their imagination, that's, that's frighteningly quick. Yeah. They look at someone, they say, yes, I want to become that. Reality is much different. Time has its own pace and you really have to put the hard work in. And I know I'm, I'm throwing some cliches here now, but yeah, honestly yeah. speaking, I, I cannot. <laughs> I, this is there's nothing better I can say than this, that look at your mountain. You want to have that summit, be prepared to climb that mountain. First step will be easier. Second would be harder. Third would be harder. And then there comes a time when it becomes much easier. And even if it doesn't become easy, the, the fact that you can now see the summit, it gives you that internal motivation yeah. as well. So always look at your mountain. Don't just look at someone's summit and say that I'm going to have that. And because if you're not thinking about the mountain, right? It, I mean, if you're not thinking about it, it's not to say that, not to say that you don't have to climb it. It's still there. Yeah. But because you did not factor that in in your imagination beforehand, it becomes so hard that people get disheartened and they just leave it after the first couple of steps. But if you mentally prepare that this is going to be a bumpy ride, it's a long ride, and I have to do it, then it becomes easy to, 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 to manage because you were already expecting it. Yeah. And as you were saying it there, and listeners, you know, one thing that came to my mind was that if it was just about the summit, you know, going back to, you know, the mountain example and thinking about Everest, you know, if it was just about the summit, nobody would climb it twice. Exactly. Why, why would you? What a, what a beautiful way of explaining it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. it is about the climb, isn't it? It is about that, you know, overcoming the obstacles, personal challenges yeah that's what people climb yeah they might go a different face and sometimes they even go the harder way up don't they you know just because they know that they're going to become a better person because of it because if it was just about the summit you know well, i could get a helicopter to drop me at the top that's it that'd be great <laughs> yeah so that's a great talk. i love that and i've written that down you know don't um don't confuse the summit with the mountain absolutely uh, 
So listeners, you've got something there. If you've got a task, if you've got something that's underway at the moment, if you've got something ahead of you, take that to heart and make sure that you do something with that and you don't confuse the summit with the mountain. Uh, I love that. So I'm going to come to the to the final uh, question in this podcast, and it's a slightly different one to what you've seen on the list. So this is the throwing a bit of a curveball here. So if you were to have your next latte in a dream location, so the perfect latte in the yeah. perfect dream location, yeah. where would that dream location be? Just tell us a little bit about it. Uh, well, that dream location would be uh, on the bank of River Thames. Um, ah. I used to walk there a lot when I was um, teaching uh, at the University of Bedfordshire. They had a sort of a satellite education centre there, uh, yep. sort of an affiliate college, if you like. And um, I would take the, the train to the Blackfriars and then from there I would walk. Um, and a couple of uh, places on the way, uh, you know, just take, latte you stand there for a minute and you see the birds flying and you see yeah. sometimes it's calm sometimes there's a bit of rage in the in the river but that is the fluctuation you you like to watch and yeah. i just like to get lost there for, for a few minutes yeah. if that ever becomes possible i don't know how long the the, the pandemic is going to linger but if that ever becomes yeah. possible i certainly like to take, take yeah, that opportunity yeah. again yeah. and that is the first time uh, anybody's actually mentioned you know uh, somewhere in in london on the river thames as as a dream location so thank you for, for sharing that uh, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure you've given us some amazing things to take away listeners you've learned um, about personal enhancement you know having that latte moment you know that's <laughs> that's certainly something we can take away uh, the conduit of knowledge and interesting enough you know i think the big thing for me uh, that I've taken away isn't just the not focusing on the summit, but you know, on the mountain, is the that vastness of don't know what we don't know. Uh, yeah, that that's been uh, I wouldn't say an eye opener, but it's been something that has certainly expanded my thoughts into giving that some process. Like you say, it, it hasn't come from Mars, it hasn't come from the Moon. Uh, it's come from our own endeavors to get to places like that. Um, but it's come from within. So, uh, yeah. And listeners, I strongly urge that you you go out and you uh, connect. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for your time. It's always appreciated. I know we had a few technical issues with the microphone before we started, but I'm glad we got those sorted. Uh, and yeah, um, just want to say a huge thank you for sharing such great nuggets of information with us. It's my pleasure being here, sir. Yeah. And the good thing is, listeners, we connected it all the way through. I don't think I've never had a podcast where we've talked so much about coffee and the relevance to coffee moments throughout a podcast. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that to it as well. And listen, as you know, this is part of my mission to help you be more aware. We've had lots of that uh, better educated. I think we've learned so much today on how we can improve our own and, and enhance our own education and our own development uh, and so many different aspects of that that we've had today. And of course, that great tip of don't confuse a summit with a mountain. Go out, look at the, what you have at the moment, look at the tasks that you have underway and look at them differently. Don't look at them as summits. 
look at them as mountains and the journey that you can have there. And I really look forward to having all the listeners and uh, on the next podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.